We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm actually very inter. I have not been super fired up about the last few playoffs. I think the, mm-hmm. I just think the matches have been bad. We kind of knew who was going to win. You know, I mean, you, you kind of knew it was going to be Georgia. And like last year might have been the worst playoff pairings ever. Like you knew mm-hmm. who was going to be in the championship game as soon as they laid the pairings out. You knew it was going to be Bam and Georgia. Just, you know, and, and uh, I just honestly watched those games just passively while we had a little get to IB get together in Phoenix uh, during the play on the day of the playoff. And I barely watched, I mean, I went back and watched a little bit later just to break the games down, but like, it were just boring games. And I am very intrigued by this year's games. I think these are much better games than a lot of people are giving them credit for. I think people are just kind of, Oh, it's going to be Georgia and Michigan. Let's see what's going to happen there. I think these are going to be two very entertaining games. I want to begin Ryan with the Fiesta bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be, and we're going to go in order of when the games are played. So the number two Michigan Wolverines against the number three TCU Horn Frogs. Michigan is thirteen and zero. TCU is twelve and one. TCU finished the regular season undefeated, but then lost the Big Twelve title game to Kansas State, who we talked about earlier in a yep. rematch game. Michigan, as you know, we talked about Florida State being one of the hottest teams coming down the stretch. Michigan might be the hottest team coming down the stretch, just the way they played in their last couple games. You know they. They did to Purdue and, and Ohio State what you know kind of what South Carolina did to Tennessee and and Clemson. Purdue hung with them for a little bit, which I think is relevant to this matchup. But you know Michigan was clearly the better team that game. Uh, Ohio State hung with them for a half, but Michigan yeah. just dominated the second half. That was kind of how the Penn State game went. That's how the Rutgers game went. Michigan has been a team that has just not been a great out of the gate, but once they get rolling, they're just, they're just, they roll people in the second half. And and they come in with a two seed. Obviously they played last year was their first playoff appearance. They got smacked by Georgia. This is a, a more, I want to say a, a team that matches up a little bit better in their first round game than they did the first round game last year. So uh, game is Michigan's seven and a half point favorite. And honestly, I thought it would be more than that. I was a little surprised it was that. I mean, I don't think it should be more than that, but I just feel like with the disrespect that TCU gets, TCU has been a little bit of a Cinderella story this year, Ryan. Would you agree with that? I mean, I, I, 
I think you look at them, not a lot of people are picking TCU to, to win it all. They, they came out early in the year and, you know, had wins over Colorado State, Tarleton State, a, a little bit of sloppy win over SMU. And then when they, they kind of announced their presence with a major authority that next week over Oklahoma, when they just destroyed Oklahoma in a night game. Now, at the time, we thought Oklahoma was still a decent team, right? We didn't know that. And that was kind of their breakout game. And then the rest of the year, they just they kept playing tough games. And it seemed like after teams played them, the teams plummeted. And I don't know why, but like Oklahoma State went down after that win. Kansas went down after after that win by win by TCU. And it just kind of it's like I don't know what it was. It just kind of like was the death knell. And and they showed that they can win gritty games, they could show they can win shootouts. And you know, they they weren't a dominant team, but they were a team that just showed they know how to win. Will that matter? How will that staff up against Michigan? We'll find out, Ryan. But I think this is going to be a lot more competitive game than a lot of people seem to think this game will be. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this matchup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that ultimately, uh, look, man, I, I really want to believe in this TCU team, Brian. I do because they're fun, man. Like you said, they're a Cinderella story, you know? they have been writing them off all in. year, man. <laughs> I was, I you was. You predicted them to lose yeah. almost every time we did a TCU game, you'd predict them to lose. You, you, you know when I predicted them to win was, was the Big 12 championship game. game. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. Yeah, yeah. That's part so, of the reason I think they're going to beat Michigan is because you're predicting them to lose. Uh, so I mean, I, I guess that could be possible if we're talking about the trends of things. I guess it's possible. I mean, I, but again, you you look at Max Duggan, who wasn't even the starting quarterback to start the year, and then he's a Heisman Trophy finalist and is a senior bowl participant. Talk about the first year under Sonny Dykes and what he's been able to do with that passing offense, that offense in general, with Kendra Miller running the ball, Quentin Johnston catching the football. I, ultimately, though, I think the separator for me is that I just TCU's defense is not what you typically think of a TCU defense, yeah. right? Like it's it's got holes in it, and I think that this Michigan offense is going to be able to wear down on them a little bit. I do in this football game. I just 
I want to believe in TCU, but even the things TCU does really well, creating explosive plays in the passing game, I think Michigan does a nice job of taking those explosive plays away as well, right? Like they don't let up a ton of explosives. They usually are a pretty fundamentally sound defensive football team. So I picked Michigan painfully to win 35-24. I think if anybody knows me, I do not pick Michigan to win off. See, that's how bad it is. I just Ryan starts football team. Michigan I think they end up winning this microphone one. just goes out. That's what happens. Your microphones are going out when you start talking yes. about Michigan winning, and that's just kind of how bad it is. Uh, look, I, I was not a believer. Uh, Michigan is was for me what TCU was for you. I was not a believer all year. I just I watched them play and they'd blow this team out, but I just didn't, they didn't impress me. They didn't, you know, just it, people say, "Oh, this is better than last year's team." Like, no, they're not. They don't have the talent last year's team had, and. And they just kept winning and winning and winning. And then they'd fall behind Penn State and win in a blowout. They'd fall behind Rutgers and win in a blowout. And I'm like, Ohio State's going to sh- expose them. And nope, didn't happen. And, you know, I still have some questions about them, right, a, a little bit. Because I, I thought that Ohio State game said a lot, uh, as much about Ohio State as it did uh, uh, Michigan. But you got to give it to Michigan because – this is not as 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 talented as last year's team, but this is you talk about knowing who you are. There's not a team in the country that knows who they are better than Michigan. And my, I mean, they know this is who this is what we're good at, and this is what we're not good at. And we're going to steer right into the things that we're good at, and we're not going to try to force the things we're not good at into the game for some reason. And you know, I I I. I I got this is going to hurt to say it, but like I enjoyed watching Michigan this year from a former coach's standpoint. Cause you're like, this is a team that says you're going to have to beat us because we're not beating ourselves. We're going to play sound football. We're going to play physical football. We're going to play smart football. And we're just going to go out there and play our game. And, you know, just I was impressed by how they played. Now, I still don't think they're super talented. I still don't think they're, I think the Big Ten stinks this year, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I think that that there's a lot of those things, but look, you cannot deny the the consistency with 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 which Michigan played the game this season. And there was no bad week for them. You kept waiting for it. This is the week that they don't. Everybody else had a bad week. Everybody else. TCU had one. Georgia had one. Georgia almost lost to Missouri. There was no game like that for Michigan, in my opinion. And so that impressed me, Ryan. It, it really did. Now TCU to me is a much more battle-tested team, in my view. They are much more battle-tested. I guess you could point to Illinois as maybe being a Missouri game, but Illinois is a good football team, you know, in, in my opinion. So I think that's that's probably a, a, a good example for the Missouri game. But when I, when I look at it, though, Ryan, I still think football is a game of matchups. And there's, there's two matchups that are going to determine this game one way or the other. One is... TCU's run defense against Michigan's rush offense, right? Like that's a big one. Michigan, Michigan ran the ball so exceptionally well this season, you know, won their second straight Joe Moore award and did so without Blake Corum. I mean, Blake Corum, their best, who I think would have been a Heisman finalist if he doesn't get hurt before the Ohio state game. If he goes out there and he puts up the yards that Donovan Edwards put up against Ohio state, he's a Heisman finalist in my opinion. He was to me, arguably the, the best running back in the country this year, him and Bijan Robinson from a production standpoint, not an NFL draft or whatever talent standpoint, but just production standpoint. And then he goes down and what do they do against Ohio state? Just keep doing what they're doing. 
I mean, again, because it wasn't about the back, it's about the line and what we believe in. And then Donovan Edwards goes out there and rips them up, right? And then and then they go into the Big Ten title game, and you're like, well, you know, maybe they've got some film on Michigan now. Nope, didn't matter. Donovan Edwards goes out there again and rips up Purdue, who had a pretty decent run defense this year. Ryan, would you would you agree with that? I mean, they they were not a terrible run defense this season by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And then you've got TCU on the other side, and TCU's rush defense this season has been okay at times. And it struggled mm-hmm. at other other times, and they really wore down late in the season, in my opinion. You know, gave up 195 to Texas Tech, gave up 232 to Baylor, gave up 205 in the title game to, to uh, Kansas State. But here's why I think this may not be the advantage, could potentially not be the advantage that that it, that you'd think it would on paper. TCU going to that bowl game, Ryan, you watched, Dugan was tapped out. Their yes. defense was tapped out. They had played so many four-quarter games where they had to come from behind that I just thought by the time they got the Big 12 title game, they were tapped out. They were just out of energy. They just had no no juice left. Well, now you've had a month off to kind of rest and recover and get right. I think you're going to see a TCU defense that flies around the field a lot more. And I think you've had a a month to kind of prepare for some of the different things that Michigan does. So I think TCU could do enough to create enough stops to where you're going to have to get J.J. McCarthy to do something to beat you in this game which mm-hmm. Ohio State tried to do that, and J.J. beat him. He made the place to beat him, right? Uh, I think this TCU defense is going to be a little bit better prepared for Michigan than Ohio State was, for which is a weird thing to say. But I think TCU has a chance to, to stay in this game. But here's the, here's the piece for me. Here's what it comes down to, because you picked your score was what, Brian? Did you, did you say 30, what your 30, score was? 35-24, Michigan. I'm going 30-24, to 24. TCU because here's the thing for me. I still don't believe that Michigan secondary is actually that good. I think Ohio state's issues against them were more about an unwillingness to throw the ball down the field as opposed to a ability. I mean, they took two deep. They went two. CJ Stroud went two of three on downfield shots for like 80 some yards, right? Like when teams are willing to throw downfield on Michigan, they have success. It's just not many teams have the ability or willingness because We've talked about this before. Ohio State is not a, a huge vertically pass, pass-oriented team. They're a quick, short, intermediate type of team. And the unwillingness of, of C.J. Stroud to hit guys that I thought were open down the field, or at least in one-on-ones, was there. And this t- this is going to be as arguably as, as explosive of a receiving core as they faced all season. They are not as good of receivers as Ohio State's. Do not confuse what I'm saying here. Marvin Harrison is better than anybody TCU has, and Emeka Egbuka is a pretty darn good player as well. But from a sheer speed standpoint, this is going to be the fastest receiving core that Michigan will have faced this year, in my opinion. And now you've given Garrett Riley and Sonny Dykes, who I think are two really good offensive minds, especially Sonny Dykes, a month to prepare for this game. I think you're going to see them kind of come out and hit some shots. And I think ultimately that's going to be the difference in this game is they're going to be able to take enough pressure off of uh, Max Dugan with some of those or off their defense with some of those shots, they're going to allow them to win the game. Could I see Michigan winning? Yeah, absolutely. Michigan's a good football team. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm just kind of, I'm picking an upset here. And I think it's going to be because they're going to hit those downfield shots. I think that's going to ultimately be the difference in the game. And Michigan's just not going to have enough firepower throwing the football to win this game. And I think that you know, now that you've had a month to prepare what a Michigan offense looks like without Blake Corum, this is the first time you see them really 
suffer a little bit by not having Blake Corum. These months off to me are huge for teams, huge for teams. And I think it's going to benefit TCU. I think I'll say this. If the, if the, if the playoff and the championship would have been played the week after the conference title games, and then the championships a week after that, I think Michigan wins it all. I think Michigan was playing that well down the stretch. And teams just weren't able to get a read because they did some different things late with Donovan Edwards. I, I, I mean, I think Michigan was hot coming in down stretch. I don't think that in this instance, I think the layoff is not going to benefit them, in my view. I think it's going to benefit TCU. So that's why I'm making the prediction that I am. I'm predicting TCU to beat Michigan. What do you say about that, Ryan? You think I'm nuts? Questioning your your uh, not nuts. Your... <laughs> nuts isn't the right word. I mean, again, I I think that people have counted out TCU all year, including myself, yeah. right? And they continue to kind of shock us with their ability to rise to the biggest occasion in the fourth quarter. I just think that Michigan is just a little bit of a different quality of opponent than one of some of the teams that they've been able to come back on and beat mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So. Sure. It pains me, man. It pains me. I yeah. do not want to pick Michigan. I want to pick TCU right now. It's I just... agree with you on that, Ryan. I don't yeah. think they can come back and beat Michigan. I don't. Yeah. If Michigan jumps up on TCU, they're going to win, and I think they're going to win going away. Mm-hmm. I actually see this as the opposite. I think TCU jumps on Michigan early, and then Michigan's mm-hmm. got to try to battle back. That's I actually see. how I see this game playing out. I don't I don't think TCU's good enough because if Michigan gets a lead, they're just going to – run that clock down, man. And they're just going to run the <laughs> ball and they're going to force you to put eight, nine in the box. And the next thing you know, JJ is going to do some kind of bootleg throwback thing over your head. And it's going to, to a tight end or a running back. And it's going to put the game away. Right. Like I don't think they can come back on Michigan. I actually, my prediction is built on TCU jumping ahead and holding off Michigan at the end mm-hmm. is kind of where I see it. And so, you know, as I envision this game playing out, I see Michigan getting the ball back with like a minute and a half left down 30 to 24 and it now is up to J.J. to go make enough plays, and I just don't think he's there yet. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing for me, whereas Max Dugan is much more battle-tested. Now, never in a moment like this, but neither of the quarterbacks have played in a moment like this. Sure. What Max has done is he's played a lot more football, and that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to for me. Will I be shocked if Michigan wins it? No. I think this is a very good Michigan team. And and I'm not on the whole – I'm still just not sold that they're a great they're, – they're, no, they're good. They, they've, they've earned my respect. I just think this matchup is not going to be – it's not as favorable as I think a lot of people are making it seem like it's going to be because I just don't think they've played with against this kind of speed all season against a team that also is willing to throw the football down the field. And that's the biggest difference to me. Ohio State had such a passive game plan against them. I was, mm-hmm. I was floored, honestly, Ryan. I'm still stunned at just the utter lack of aggressiveness – that Ohio State showed in that game. They took three shots beyond 20 yards, three. And they hit two of them for 86 yards. Like, you know, for me, Ryan, I just – I look at this – I looked at it and I was like, I just don't understand what they were doing. I I just – I still don't understand just why they were so passive in that game. Here's the thing about TCU. You and I both know that is not going to be the case for TCU. You know, they're yeah. not a team that just comes out and chucks it deep all, all year, all game, right? They're not that. Mm-hmm. But, look, Sam – Max Dugan threw 68 deep balls this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he he went – he completed 50% of them for 18 touchdowns and three picks. That's a team that's willing to be aggressive, you know. And then, you know, you look at Ohio State this year and C.J. Stroud threw only 54 
deep balls for only mm-hmm. 922 yards and nine touchdowns. Right. I, that's just who Ryan Day wants to be. I, when you've got a guy like CJ, like CJ Stroud with his arm, and you've got Marvin Harrison, the fact that you don't throw the ball deep more against the schedule you play is been my. It, this has been the weirdest year from Ohio State I've ever seen. And, and now, it, when I get into the Ohio State Georgia stuff, you're gonna be like, dude, didn't you just say, yeah, what we saw from the right re- in the regular season from Ohio State was weird, very that's weird. weird. Um, and uh, TCU won't won't have similar to. Uh, Similar to that, right? Um, Antoine Johnson says, Brian, how will that three three five hold up against Michigan in your opinion? That's going to be the key, right? I mean, that's going to be the key. It is I don't think they're just going to kind of come up and play a, an off three three five, right? I mean, I, these are good defensive coaches. They can't. They can't. They can't. Yeah, right. Now, right. they may stay in a three three five, but what you're going to see is a lot like what Marcus Freeman used to do at Cincinnati. It's a very aggressive, stunting three three five. Where you're trying mm-hmm. to create penetration, you're trying to create mistakes, you're trying to create because like one of the advantages the three three five gives, and it's it's not worth it enough for me to go with it as my base defense unless I have just studs up front. But one of the advantages is as an offense, it can be hard sometimes if you've got a really good three three team that's really good at timing their stunts and twists because that stuff can create a lot of this. And, and so that's what you want to do is what you can't allow Michigan to do is come off and get a vertical push against your three, three, five. If they do that, you're done. But mm-hmm. if you can really hit them with a lot of twists and you're moving your backers up and you're moving them all around, then what happens is, is all of a sudden Michigan's got to be worrying about a lot of those twists and stunts and they can't just come and play vertical football. That's how you've seen some of these four, three, three, five teams actually be good against the run. Marcus Freeman's three, three, five at Cincinnati was very good against the run. And it's because they were very, they had really aggressive linebacker play where they may have only had three down linemen, but they were constantly had five and six inserting into the run game. And so that's the method. Now, will that work? That's a different question. I can explain to you how it'll work, but explaining it and then executing it against this Michigan offensive line is two completely different animals, Ryan. But Antoine, that's the thing is if TCU played Georgia and Michigan had a rematch against Ohio State, hypothetically, and Michigan beat one and then TCU won, I would not be as optimistic about TCU winning a game in the title game where there's much less time to prepare. That's the thing is that's what's all factoring into my decision to go with TCU is they're going to have a whole month to think of all these run stunts that they want to throw at Michigan as opposed Mm -hmm. to only having eight, nine days in the title game. That matters to me. It matters to me. Um, you know, so again, this is not a shot. This is just how I see the the, the the matchup. Ryan obviously sees it different. I think Ryan sees it as the run that they aren't going to have be able to stop the run game with a three three five. I think it's kind of part of the deal. And then it comes down to you know Michigan being a really fundamentally sound football team that's going to make TCU methodically go down the field. That's kind of how I'm saying it, right? Like you don't think they're going to be able to give up the big shots. I think that's that's the two things that, that's the biggest thing we disagree on is I think they will be able to create some big shots. If I'm wrong and they're not, then TCU has no chance. They are not going to be able to consistently move the ball up and down the field against Michigan without right. big play. No chance. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. chance. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the TCU defense looks like against Michigan, man, because, I mean, Antoine, it's a great question because it is kind of polar opposites of what you're built on, right? I mean, I can sit here and tell you because they have Joe Gillespie as their defensive coordinator who used to be at Tulsa. I think he's a really sharp defensive guy, but I also think that he 
it's his first year there, right? Like the cupboard's a little bare up front, especially. Like I think Dee Winters is a pretty good linebacker that they have at middle linebacker. I think that number 52, their freshman defensive tackle, is a promising player that will be good in the future. But ultimately, I just don't think that they have the horses on the first and second mm-hmm. level to consistently stop the running game. We'll see. I mean, three three five, we you know, we could say three three five and but to Brian's point, I agree 100 percent You're not just gonna stay in a three-man front right. all game, right? Like you're gonna you're going to have an adjustment to a four, two at some time in that football right. game. You're going to walk two up and have a five man front at times. Like there's adjustments out of a three, three, five. You're not going to play just a three, three stack all game. Like that's right. not going to be your assumption. It's just, I just don't know if D- TCU defensively has the guys in the first and second level to play against the Joe Moore winning, a winning uh, yeah. offensive line. I don't know if they, and they earned those it. Guys. There's no yeah. controversy about that. They there's did. no, there was no, to me, there was, my only issues with the Joe Moore Award were Notre Dame should have been in the top ten, and USC should not have. That was my that was my thing. There was no doubt, but especially the way they played in the, the two biggest games of the year. There was no doubt they they earned that award. There's no doubt. Now last year was more debatable that they should have won it last year than this year. There's no question. 